Welcome to Rewire Your Attachment Style. This is Maya Diamond. And today I'm overjoyed to talk to two incredible humans, Brie Lamers and Bjorn Leonards. Welcome. So wonderful to have you. And this is a special couple interview as today I'm co-interviewing with my friend and colleague, Garrison Cohen. Garrison writes groundbreaking speeches and authentic marketing for coaches and high-level leaders who are making a positive impact in the world. He has a deep background in authentic relating, the art of circling, coaching, and studies in evolutionary partnership. So I'd love to now introduce Brie and Bjorn before we dive in here. Brie and Bjorn are radical pioneers of the unknown and new world visionaries in the fields of sacred relationship, unconventional family life, and transformation. Together with their three largely unschooled kids, they explore the world, play, and discover new ways of being using various modalities, including sound healing, energy work, plant ally deep dives, uncoaching, authentic connection practices. And they've spent the last decade helping hundreds of people around the world break out of the box and unsubscribe from mainstream beliefs and rules in order to become truly alive, radiant, and inspired humans living in their fullest, truest hell yes. And Bree's newest birthing and newest hell yes is making jewelry. So you can check out her freshly growing collection on Instagram at Bridget Lamers. That's B-R-D-G-E-T-L-A-M-E-R-S. Presently, they are birthing the creation of a physical location, a community in the U.S. with the intention to hold space for immersion guests, as well as really activate, attune to, and embody the new world vibration. So, so excited. And let's dive in. So Brie and Bjorn, how did the two of you meet? (laughs) Do you want the long version or the short version? (laughs) Whichever, maybe a medium. Almost 25 years ago, wow. Bjorn landed in San Francisco, and I landed in San Francisco seven days later. And we kind of met on the curb. Um, no, we met the night before, actually, didn't we? But we met both in a, in a state of letting everything go, mm. state of being in, in nothingness, in everything's gone. Mm-hmm. That's the short version. 
I find it's not so uh, juicy enough. So I get so one of a lot more to this. Yeah, mm-hmm. add a little more. That yeah. was a bite size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what I, you know, like in life, it is um, often so that you don't really know what's happening while you're in the middle of it. And later on, you see so much more. And I want to like look at it from, from my view now uh, mm-hmm. and my understanding. And, uh, yeah, me, like I, I was living in Italy, herding goats, and somehow, like, totally randomly got to sit in a 57 Chevy Bel Air at some <laughs> of my friend's wedding. And I sat in this car and I was like, wow, I have to move to the States. Mm. So I asked my girlfriend at the time, Dean. <laughs> and she said, cool, let's go to San Francisco. So I bought some tickets and we flew to San Francisco, mm-hmm. one-way tickets. And that's how random, you know, I landed there. Huh. Wow. And <laughs> at the time being, I had no idea why, but Brie had, uh, I would say, like something very similar going on for her too. You know? Yeah, something similar, but also it wasn't ran- It wasn't so random. It felt a little more specific for me. Like, I think I already saw you. You were always more tuned that kind of stuff than I. Yeah. 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 I had um, just left my first husband. Oh, wow. I was married when I was 20 until I was 24 wow. and um, then traveled in Europe. And when I came back, huh. it's like, oh, I, I've been waiting to go to San Francisco for six years. It's time to go. I'm going to go. Huh. So I drove out with a friend and, and met Bjorn. And, um, I arrived on my 25th birthday, hmm. camped out and met him the very next night um, at, at a youth hostel. Wow. That wasn't, that wasn't really the moment when we knew. Yeah. Um, that was the moment where we first got to see each other, but it was a little while after that, that um, within the, within the first two weeks, I guess, that I started to, I I started to feel sensations in my body. Like he would walk past me and as he would walk away, I would feel like my heart was being pulled out of my chest with a, with a like fat rubber band tree trunk. (laughs) It's just pull, pull, pull. Wow. That's an amazing description. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really like the roots were in me and the trunk came out and he was the top of the tree. And it was like the tree was growing, but he was walking walking away from me and pulling that. I thought I was having a heart attack. Wow. And it happened the next day again from my solar plexus. Wow. Like pain, real, real pain. And then I, I realized, like, oh, <laughs> hold on. That's him. <laughs> That's him. Wow. And what was your side of that wow. experience? <laughs> I, I love this. And like, this is a part of me that doesn't want to jump over the question of like, how did we actually meet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, again, this is um, like every single aspect of this is so important. This is also mm-hmm. like totally important. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, how random it appears at the time being, but how much sense it makes in the big picture right. of this like divine intervention. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, so my girlfriend that I moved there with, like, after five days, uh, she decided to, uh, she didn't want to be with me, yeah. uh, which is a whole different story. But so I, I like, the, the night after, after I saw 
um, Brie for the first time. Uh, and that was really just like a saying hello. Yeah. So we didn't really meet, I would say, at this time. You know? Yeah. But the next morning, my girlfriend mm-hmm. had already left to the railroad station and taken the, I knew that, you know, so I, I just ran to the, to the railroad station and it's like a dead end railroad station in San Francisco. And I ran through like three uh, trains until I finally found her. I said like, Oh my God, you know, like, please don't leave me. And, uh, and she's like, Oh, well, whatever. I don't care. And so I'm like, okay, I gave it my all. And then I just like went home back Mm -hmm. to the hostel, you know, just like my whole world had crumbled to pieces. Wow. And then there's Bree sitting on the steps of the hostel. (laughs) with tears in her eyes and I have tears in my eyes and her car that she had come uh, with from Wisconsin with all her belongings had broken into the the same morning or night and everything was stolen so she actually also like yeah it was nothing you know like like, we lost everything pretty much I think you didn't even have underwear right I didn't even have underwear (laughs) she was naked right No, no, she had clothes on, yeah. Right, but I mean, that was it. <laughs> right. That was her one pair of underwear was what that she was, was wearing. Right. Pretty much, yeah. 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 So we, I saw her sitting there and she saw me and we just, I think we really so deeply saw each other mm-hmm. in a way like, yeah, I didn't see you as like, oh, this is Brie that I met yesterday, but I, I was meeting you as mm. like this... Like, in a way, it's it's like a miracle, mm. and at the same time, so deeply, I, I knew you so deeply without knowing you. You know, like so, so an ancient connection. Seeing you there crying, and all I wanted to do is just get next to you and hold you because mm. you were crying. You know, and at the same time, I was crying too. I guess you know. <laughs> so you started holding me. So we're just holding each other there on the steps. You know, like well. The Folsom Street traffic is on full blast one way going by and we sit on those steps. So, you know, like holding each other. And that was 25 years ago? Probably. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Minus a That'll few be months. November yeah. 1st this year, 25 years. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that, you know, having having known you guys for a while and knowing more of your story, it seems like there's a... Um, almost like a, a vibrational match. You know, we've talked about it before where it's it's almost in the the nothingness, in the letting go of mm-hmm. the, um, there's no gravity holding us to anything mm-hmm. is where your relationship started and kind of how it's, it's just sort of like expanded since then. I mean, and there's a lot to say about that clearly, mm-hmm. but it's been a theme through your whole relationship. Yeah, and you're the one who pointed that out to us. It's amazing because <laughs> oh, yeah. we didn't really see it. <laughs> and then you said it, and we wow. were like, "Whoa, yeah. this is how we roll. We come together in that nothingness." And you said the free fall mm. the first time. The free okay. fall. The free yeah. fall. Yeah, surrender. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah, just like stepping off the cliff. Okay, what? It's not always so consciously stepping off the cliff. Sometimes we're booted off. You mm-hmm. know, like that. That was that first time, kind of the feeling of like. Yeah. Here you mm-hmm. go. Nothing. Now what? Yeah. And and I know I know Maya's got a whole bunch of questions for you guys, but can you just say a little bit about how since that point 
how the theme of the free fall has just shown up mm. throughout your journey together. And then we'll get into some deeper questions. Yeah. Can I? Yeah. Yeah, please. I, I yeah. just like, I have this, um, this, this re revelation that came to me and that is like, the, that resonance is the guide. You know? mm -hmm. So I think this is very related to your question and, mm -hmm. and just the openness to resonance. You know? Like I have my own frequency, reactive frequency, and be either resonant with, uh, res resonates with other frequencies um, or we don't. And mostly in our society, nobody listens to that, no? We all go by like this is what we want strictly by like by by this is in our mind, this is yeah. what we should do, expectations, yeah. assumptions, yeah, all stuff which in is cool, no? And it never really worked for me. Right? I would mm. always go with the resonance. Mm. And this is uh, it's, I would say how I right away recognized Brie in that sense of like the resonance was so spot on. No? Mm. And in a way, this is the trust of, uh, maybe that you speak of, no? like of like uh, and surrender. That right. just it's just a, a falling into the resonance, no? without mm -hmm. throwing a huge ass fight to uh, to have it different than mm -hmm. the resonance. Then. Mm -hmm. And that, in a physical form, brought us to many places and had us have uh, lots of experiences right. together. Right. So that connects to how we've how we've found ourselves or placed ourselves into the free fall over and over, just through listening, paying attention to the the messages, and then discovering, oh, this this time here is is through. It's it's over. It's time for something else. I mean, it's not usually that this time is over, but something else is calling. Right. And we're usually both tuned in and both listening yeah. to it. Yeah. So, for example, when, I mean, well, that's getting into life story, right? But when he was in Peru, he uh, he was doing dieta in Peru, drinking ayahuasca, and he was there for three weeks. And at the end of that three weeks, he wrote a, a letter to me. And I'll tell you about that in a second. While he was away, once each week, I heard a deep, booming voice that said, get rid of everything, sell the house. Like, Wow. You're going, you're going. Wow. And I hadn't been talking to him really. And he said, if if we follow my intuition, we have to get rid of everything and sell the house. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, right. I was like, oh, God, no. Okay. 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 Wow. And and so we were both we're both receiving, yeah, yeah. the message, the the information. Wow. In that in that resonance and then going going with it. Um, trusting like stepping mm. into the unknown over and over mm. yeah which is so interesting we're at this just knowing your next step right now of of really landing and creating like a land-based really investing in land-based community it's interesting to to hear all of these travel I mean I know you guys have traveled so much and lived in so many different places mm -hmm. and it feels like there's some kind of like yeah rooting that's happening next um I love the yeah just the the resonance that the two of you have it just speaks to how strong of your connection right like so many people when I talk to my single clients looking for love it's like they're looking for connection 
Mm -hmm. right and it's like you guys have such a strong connection that across across countries Mm -hmm. right across Mm -hmm. time space whatever it's like that's so powerful so so powerful it is amazing yeah Yeah. (laughs) I'm curious um kind of getting into the nitty-gritty of relationship is there any, do you guys have, and we've kind of been talking about flow versus structure. Do you guys have any practices or um, check, like any, any practices or date nights or anything that's like a, that you guys do to kind of keep this strong connection alive? Or is it more just a free flow? I would say it's a free flow. Yeah. And I would say that what we are always doing is, is connecting and processing mm-hmm. together. Yeah. It's not always processing, but it's a, it's a form of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're always coming back together to check in and, and re-speak and listen mm-hmm. and feel and, you know, find, find our way in that. It feels like we do that 90% of the time mm-hmm. we've, I mean, that's what we've made our life be yeah it's mostly like we are spending time together we are in connection we are checking in yeah um and that along with our you know our kids and the other things that have to happen but there's a really steady um yeah would you call it a check-in i mean it it feels deep it's deeper than just a Mm check-in it's almost always deeper than a Mm check-in yeah yeah, I mean, if there's a practice here, yeah, I would also say it's very unstructured. Mm-hmm. It just shows up when it shows up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And usually, I mean, we, <laughs> we have a practice, you know, we, we have, we, it's our priority. Family, like, yeah. all relationship, with, I would say it's our priority. You know, relationship is the number one priority that I have in, in my life. And mm-hmm. I think if you don't have that, it's very different. So if, you, if that's exactly. not your priority, it's totally fine, but it probably yeah. doesn't work As well. like our exactly. relationship does. Exactly. It works the way it does because we are actually deeply listening to resonance. And if there's no, no if the resonance is off, that's just like the, what you say, the check-in, I think. No? Mm. And uh, yeah. I deeply committed to like priority yeah. number one, to, to have like a transparent and authentic relationship. No? Yeah. So we don't, like, I don't, I'm not aware of holding things from Brie. And I don't think Brie is holding mm. anything from me. No? Mm. Maybe for a short moment, but yes. overall, there's nothing that we wouldn't talk about. No? Yeah. And of course, that can also be triggering, no? right. bringing up stuff for yeah. us. No? And so in our relationship, what's so alive is that we both are vulnerable and open to being hurt. Actually, no, but not hurt because we are mean to each other, but hurt because there's something undigested, uh, a trauma, uh, maybe an old pattern of mine that I don't see, don't want to see subconsciously. Yeah, it's been tricked by her. Yeah, so it's coming up. So, and to, and and I think my experience is that we are open to that. To have each other be triggered. Not that we're happy about it, no? <laughs> Not that it's pretty by any means sometimes, no? It, like if you're familiar with triggers, they can really get you back into like a mind of a two-year-old where you yeah. just want to scream in a corner or something, yeah. whatever it is what yeah. your default is, no? 
Yeah. And so we are that, that at times, no? Yeah. Yeah. And and this is the process, it's a permanent process, but by having this openness to everything, mm-hmm. the all of it, all of us, no? Mm-hmm. There's, I get to find out more things about Brie all the time mm-hmm. and more things about me all the time. Totally. And so the relationship gets deeper and deeper and juicier and juicier. It's not like it becomes like flat after a while, but in the contrary, through opening up to all the shit that most people want to avoid in their relationship, (laughs) to have that shit show up, no? Yeah. Yeah. Be be in it, no? And steward it, no? Like that's how we can digest and how we can work with it. And that's... it's crazy, you know, because most we are not taught this way. You know? No, but it's but, but, but it's being the, with what it's is the way that you know almost every single couple that I've interviewed, you know, has said that, and exactly mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's the way of conscious relationship, which is really being able to really communicate about and be vulnerable and open with your triggers and and um, and to and so that brings me to the next question that that I would love to follow that with, which is, um, which is, I'm wondering, like, how do you hold that? When someone's triggered, how do you, um, how do you treat the other? How do you support the other? How do you be with the other with when one of you or both of you is triggered? (laughs) Somebody pointed it out and I forgot what the word for that is. Is this like, and there's even situations in our relationship where only one of us gets triggered right. and the other doesn't. Yeah. But in our relationship, usually, if one trigger goes up, the other one goes uh, on too. So that uh, is we're pretty well matched. Fire. It's, it's a fire. A, yeah. It, it can be quite a challenge, no? Like, yeah. I enjoy like when when Brie is triggered, not by me, but something yes. else. Right can hold her you know like okay. i'm so there with her it's like a know? vacation the other way round two mm-hmm. you know yeah but when we both uh, triggered i mean at, at times like i would say we don't hold each other no mm-hmm. it's just like that we have to make first, space sometimes yeah, and you will deeper into that if you want yeah yeah i think that is most often the situation that one they are just about simultaneous uh-huh and it, it escalates uh-huh. and then at some point somebody realizes this would be a good time to just take some space yeah and we take some space mm-hmm. and usually usually what happens is we can come back together actually without having to discuss what was happening before mm-hmm. because when we go take the space we're going in to find out what's happening in us rather than usually pointing usually mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can manage it Mm-hmm. If he can manage it, you know, we go to find out, all right, well, what, where does this live in me? What is yeah. this here to show me versus why is he such an asshole? Why is he being like mm-hmm. this? You know, and mm-hmm. there are moments when that comes up as well. Mm-hmm. And I have, and I have the knowledge somewhere, like, I know he's not really being an asshole, yeah. <laughs> but right now it feels good to just like, let that through so that I can come back to a space of, all right, how does this live in me? Mm-hmm. And then we come back together and, and usually connect, you mm-hmm. know, like connect physically, mm-hmm. emotionally, 
Um, and that is us really, I would say, holding space for ourselves and each other, you know, coming back to say, okay, we can, we can just, that'll come up again. Don't worry. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it right now Yeah, because it's really not about me getting you to see what you've done or how you could do that differently, but about me getting to see what it is for me. Yeah. Would you guys say that it's always new things that are coming up or is there, for example, one particular conflict that is something that you're consistently working on with each other? Yeah, I would say bingo. And like, I, it is, um, it's always the same. No? Like, I mean, in, it shows, it, like, if you look on the, uh, at the surface, it looks very differently, mm -hmm. you know, like, and the triggers are differently, but I would say ultimately we could probably reduce it to like, uh, this is Bree's trigger. This is my trigger. No? And it, Let's see how many ways we can bring those up for right. each other. <laughs> and the funny thing totally. is that, that each time, you know, and both of I think we have the same reaction. We're just like surprised, you know, how this can happen again. No? Mm -hmm. So this is one thing, like how. Would you how be willing to share what that, that core wound is? Um, that or the the trigger any of the triggers that you notice that are common for you or what the core wound is beneath that trigger just mm -hmm. to just so that you know everyone can mm -hmm. listening can hear how it's just so normal all of these things mm -hmm. yeah go aware? ahead no i mm -hmm. i have to really i have to find that again mm -hmm. like each time i have to find yeah. it <laughs> oh it's interesting. Yeah, you should think it's, it will be present all the time totally. mm. i don't keep track of yeah thoughts ideas words that way mm. Mm -hmm. so i can describe the energy and mm. for me it's like a some sort of betrayal mm. and that means uh i think basically being mistrusted uh. or the way i am being questioned or made yeah. wrong yeah, mm. yeah. like you you know like, <laughs> goes along with that you know like how we as parents and that's mm -hmm. our parenting experience right. too we feature, you know, all the qualities that we want to see in other, our kids. And the other half that's also there, we tell them it's wrong. No? Right. And I guess we all collectively grew up this way. Me specifically, I have a huge trigger with that. So if somebody starts questioning or doubting uh, or mistrusting or like it's in this brie, I also know it doesn't necessarily have to be that she is mistrusting. Mm -hmm. But even questions that she maybe asks out of curiosity can trigger me in that part. Like, oh, she is doubting that I that I'm speaking the truth, or that you know, or that she would criticize certain aspects of me that I am, though. No, I don't, and that I don't want to hide anymore. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. this is partially what's going on, or that that um we are both are not willing anymore to comply with the expectations that yeah. are put upon us now. Yeah. The, which is really great, no? Except yeah. that in the, in relationship, it's usually not uh, exactly what the original uh, trauma was, no? So it could just right. be like, it's a, right. something that reminds something us small. of it, exactly. no? It doesn't even <laughs> exactly. have the energy. Yeah. So that's a, that's a narrow grade to walk you now to just mm -hmm. like feel the trigger and the pain in that to not really be seen. Yeah. And then uh, 
to realize, oh yeah, it's not her doing it, yeah. but it's just that something that, that she did part, was triggering that, me. That you know, feels, like, mm. yeah, that younger part that feels like mm-hmm. mistrusted or feels mm-hmm. like not fully seen or exactly, totally. and and yeah, just giving. And yeah. and just b- before before you ask Bree that same question, are you have have you? Hold on, I got it. <laughs> Can you look back over the 25 years and mm. see in what way you've evolved around that part? Or is it just as tender as ever? So I would so my strategy was to build a big wall around me. Mm. Numb, no, like and very very sensitive inside you know like mm. uh, like a, uh what is that a, a crab or something yeah know? right so that way i could actually function in a relationship but you would not really get me you know right, right. but i also like I, I wouldn't show any hurt and i would totally internalize it mm. you know? and maybe hold a grudge or maybe like just just withdraw i just was wrong you know? like i just yeah. like would not be available emotionally unavailable emotionally there you which is just for everyone listening right so this is yeah. called rewire your attachment style and so he's just talking about that attachment style which is the more avoidant type which mm-hmm. withdraws and is numb and defended totally. but exactly like deep down there was a lot of feeling yeah that was there and were you and were you aware of it i'm curious uh no yeah no, yeah. like I mean, like I, I just like I couldn't understand it. You know? like, yeah. I was totally un. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, there was a disconnection out there, or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't have, like I, I had no choice but retreating. You know, mm. like that's not even I thought about it, but it's like of course I have to. You know, yeah. what else would you do? You know? Yeah, that was this right the way that, and you probably maybe had seen one of your parents do that as well. Uh. Yeah, that's awesome. that's not even so relevant to me. You know? yeah. like, but this this is how I that's yeah. my strategy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that has and that has shifted. So I'm mm-hmm. showing my um, I hope I open up big time to like yeah you can actually hurt me now. Mm. And so I do actually hurt maybe more at times. Yeah. You know? So it's, yeah. it's even Beautiful. a third answer, not one of the two. You know, <laughs> right. But it's like, yeah, it's a beautiful, it's so beautiful Your to heart feel is more again. Open. Yeah. But shit, sometimes it hurts. It's mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. impactful. Yeah. So it's yeah. still fairly fresh. No? And it's been, I it's would say, like in those 25 years, that is the transformation that, that I've huge. been going huge. through in this yeah. container of our relationship. No? Yeah. Yeah. That's really and I still trust it. I still trust it. No, like uh, I, I, I would not say, like, oh my God, I wish I would have stayed closed up. But mm-hmm. I can. So glad I, I am vulnerable and then it hurts sometimes and, and sometimes I get mad, you know, sometimes it really, you know, it's yeah. too much for me. It's mm-hmm. very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But that's also okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think some of these things, you know, like like the journey you're talking about, it really is a lifetime journey in a lot of ways. And yeah. you know, you could have you, you had the choice to stay shielded up, but in in being in partnership. And what I'm hearing is that, you know, over time you've been letting your shields down mm. and allowing that soft, vulnerable, protected part of you mm. to um to really come forward and 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 what a what a vulnerable and yet 
beautiful, masculine and strong thing that is to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. One thing I want to add to this too, is like, <laughs> to me, this is where the vitality is, no? Uh-huh. Because yes. by closing down, I wasn't really feeling alive, yeah. no? Yeah. Yeah. So, so now I feel so much more alive. And this is actually the mm-hmm. also a huge gift that I bring, you know. That's yeah. mm-hmm. part of the the work that we do together and, and definitely yeah. what, what I'm like aliveness, no, mm-hmm. like to be full on alive, you know? Yeah. Right. Radiantly alive. You know? exactly. Full on. This is yeah. this is the gift. Yeah. And it, and it, there's such an irony in that too, because you know, especially as men, we will protect ourselves. Because we, we will protect ourselves from getting emotionally killed mm-hmm. and in doing so, emotionally die. Wow. And yet it's only by being vulnerable mm-hmm. and allowing ourselves to be in that vulnerable place where we can feel wounded, but yet we feel so much more alive. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that impacts the life of the relationship. Yeah. 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 So I think Brie was missing me in the big time in the beginning. Oh, she was just like, yeah. she was just waiting for me and waiting for me, you know, yeah. just like, like that was just too much. Yeah, it happened to two little children, by the way, and we didn't wait, you know, like yeah. a month. Oh, my gosh. You guys jumped got in. Got pregnant. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, we just yeah. knew it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah, but that was exactly, that's, you know, part of the path of healing our attachment style, one of the fastest most powerful ways to heal is in romantic relationship. And so, you know, Bree's ability to stick with you and love you and, you know, be there and continually, you know, be loving and also there, um, you know, I think is in part why you were able to open. Is that true? Do you think? Yeah, I guess, you know, like, as, as like the general, you know, yeah. the yeah, moments exactly. are very different, you know, because yeah. Yeah, through the triggers, of course, I get to even realize what's going on you know, when, yeah. it's, when it's really painful. You know? But yeah. yeah, overall, like, yeah, if, I, if I couldn't There's a truly trust Brie, I could right. do the work. Right, on my the st- trust, you know, yeah, totally. beautiful, that trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the space of trust is so powerful that someone's going to be there on the other end of whatever it is that you're feeling. Um, And, and that you're going to be there Mm -hmm. on the other end of what you're feeling for yourself, which Mm -hmm. it sounds like, you know, both of you have a strong practice of really being there for yourself and each other, which is something I really, really teach and, and really recommend, which is being able to really, give yourself that self-soothing, that self-regulation, that like being Mm. with the little girl inside your ability to do that, but then also to be there for the other. Mm -hmm. And I love how you guys are sharing. Yeah. Sometimes that's possible and sometimes it's not. And so we take some space and we go inside. Yeah. And And the going inside is really relatively new for me the past Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how many years. Mm -hmm two, three, four years, five years, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before that, there was no such thing. There was yeah. not really me being able to take care of myself. I was just desperately trying to take care of mm. other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. yeah, and that, I mean, bringing me back to the, the question you asked with, with his trigger. Yeah. It's so interesting how when he feels like I'm, like I ask questions, he feels like he's being criticized exactly in that situation. I'm asking questions to feel closer, yeah. to let him know that I'm with him, like to yeah. be and like, oh, I want to know yeah. more about you. Mm -hmm. So when, when we get into those two things... I'm misunderstood, he's misunderstood, or mm. he's whatever, whatever that is. And each time, each time I'm in shock, I think he is too. Like, how can you do this? How can you just ask me these questions? And I'm like, how can you not know that this is because I want to know more about you and feel close? And so we go into that for a little while, once in a while, when it's, when we're in the shock place, like, oh my God, here we are again. But then yeah, that's when we can make the space. I, I think my a big trigger for me is not being seen, mm -hmm. not being misunderstood. Mm -hmm. They might be a little different from each other. Being misunderstood, like I desperately want to be understood. Yeah. So when yeah. I am yeah. asking questions out of curiosity and wanting to get more and I'm perceived as criticizing, it feels like the end of life for me, just like, Oh no, this is terrible. This has gone terribly wrong. How did this happen? How can yeah. I be perceived this way? You know? Yeah. So then I'm freaking out, yeah. you know, then we're both freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how has that evolved for you over the course of your relationship? Um, I have, I have more mental awareness of that now. Mm. And sometimes <clears throat> I, I can actually, um, manage that in my body and in my emotions as well it's not so often that I can really manage it but it is it is changing I mean I, I have more capacity now to actually sometimes be the first one to say oh I need to take a little space right now oh this isn't about you really it's really about me and mm -hmm. I see that I'm that I'm starting to spin mm -hmm. so then I just yeah, and I'm, I've gotten a lot better at taking the time for myself to just try to feel the feeling and be in my part of it rather than wondering what the heck is going on out there. Yeah. I'm kind of like a ping pong ball. <laughs> I go back and forth. <laughs> What's that? No, here. What's yeah. that? No, here. <laughs> and then I can settle in. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And what kind of relationship did your parents model for you as a child growing up? My parents were um, and are together and uh -huh. very, very sweet and loving and in love. Mm. Um, and that that's kind of the, the general picture. Mm -hmm. But there was also, you know, there was also other stuff like my dad was the one who knew. He just knew this is mm. how it is. Mm -hmm. And my mom was the one who, if she'd get emotional, that wasn't necessarily allowed. Like there were moments apparently when my mom got mad at my dad for peeling the potato wrong. He picked her up because she was yelling at him and put her out in a snowbank and said, cool down. And then you could go, you know, like, so I know. And then my mom was emotional and exaggerated emotions aren't really necessarily okay yeah um, I, I, that's kind of what I've what I've gathered because yeah. I have carried that like oh you keep it really in this in this container 
moving forward, you know, moving too far out here or out here can be a little dangerous, getting too loud, getting a little bit wild. It's not that I've never been wild, but um, <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> it's, it's more work for me to, to step out into those natural spaces mm-hmm. rather than containing myself in mm-hmm. what's a little bit more proper. Yeah. But, but basically really surrounded by love and sweetness yeah. my, with my parents together and with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And then what about you? What was the relationship that was modeled for you growing up? It was since Brit's uh, parents are pretty much my parents now too, which is really great. And I would say like they're, they're so amazing. I was so mm-hmm. glad to be uh, like part of the family. It's so easy with them. They're so open-hearted. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I mm-hmm. see too is like the, there's it's based like there's a lot of codependency there. And I don't know if you see that too or not. But like if that's like the word that shows up for me, it's like the the one thing where I say like where they're not totally on top of stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. like really, yeah, a lot of mm-hmm. threads between them and codependency, mm-hmm. which that probably would be the case for, I think that's kind of like the old style of having relationship mm-hmm. in, in general, but my, my parents for sure, um, yeah, ultimately, yeah, male dominated. Mm-hmm. Mm. My parents, they, they would not show affection between each other. They would never say they, you know, I love you to the kids mm. or to each other. They, well, they, they peck each other on the cheek when they say goodbye, or so they would never hug or so walk hand in hand. Mm. So that was that was weird for me to grow up yeah. like this. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it wasn't weird because when you grow up, that it's like that's what's like, normal. Yeah. But now, yeah. when I look back, I'm like, wow, it's really weird. Um, I would say it was fairly dysfunctional like they could not really talk to each other mm-hmm. well, like that was my yeah yeah we never really had much for conversation i mean we were always talking we had like i have three sisters you know so we had a big table and we always share meals together but i think my dad was probably pretty quiet the whole time <laughs> and sometimes he would freak out because he didn't get to say a word no and ultimately yeah, he would get loud and usually yell at me, you know. And mm. So I was kind of like his personal enemy, but that's not their relationship. Although, mm. you know, like I, I suppose like th- through me and my mom really uh, like having so much love for me, I think that was like a threat from my dad and that's how their, mm. their relationship got triggered too, you know. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, he must have not gotten... Mm-hmm. what he wanted so he felt threatened by me i guess yeah mm. yeah. Come in. yeah because mm-hmm. my mom then probably would not yeah probably when we're talking like emotionally unavailable she would probably do the same thing and remove from my dad you know because uh, it could be so intense yeah um yeah she pr- probably didn't do that with me you know when i was mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. and he probably got that and he's like what the fuck you know i should be getting this or i don't exactly. know you know like yeah, oh. it's very common. But it was very confusing. Yeah, like I, I could, you know, like, I always wondered why my parents would stay together. Even mm. at some point, thinking like, why don't you just, like, especially my mom being so lively, you know, and so beautiful mm. and radiant, you know, mm. because 
like why would she stay with somebody like my dad you know mm. like why does she mm. not like find an italian you know love her somewhere and move to sicily <laughs> you know like where she could just like be all lit up you know mm. you know considering that we are such products of our parents and our family what attachment style would you say you were both when you met and how has that evolved between now and then or then and now name those attachments yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah so um so avoidant we kind of covered a little bit which is more withdrawn a little bit um numb disconnected from needs and feelings needs a lot of space in relationships but really craves intimacy and closeness at the same time um anxious which is more someone who's more preoccupied with relationships has a stronger fear of abandonment and um is more kind of has a hard ha, both have a hard time communicating their needs and feelings and boundaries mm -hmm. um anxious definitely has a hard time with boundaries creating boundaries and really feeling can can be really yeah codependent and um too much relying on the other and then uh secure which is consistent reliable and loving and so you know speaks their needs and boundaries in relationship feels like there's more than enough love to go around really trusts their partner um and then disorganized which is the fourth attachment style that people don't talk about as much which is more when there was a lot of chaos in the childhood and so your source of love was also a source of panic and fear so mm -hmm. what you just talked about with your dad that mm -hmm. would create some disorganization what you said confusion right it's like mm -hmm. this person that i love is also scary right um mm -hmm. so we're all a combination of all four mm -hmm. but we usually have one or two but that predominate mm -hmm. One was anxious, is that right? I would yeah. say that's what I yeah. have been mostly. Slash but I think that's yeah. yeah, changing. Yeah. Like I'm I'm really recently starting to find the space for myself and and be able to yeah. speak and create boundaries, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so good. Mm -hmm. And I see that it's safe. I'm safe. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I don't know, though, that anxious, like you said, has more fear of abandonment. I don't know that I've had more fear of abandonment. I'd say we probably mm -hmm. maybe had some somewhat equal fear of abandonment in the, in mm -hmm. the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you say so? Uh, this is things this like that are so details. hard to mention. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. like, we definitely had our share of right. yeah. fear of abandonment yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know it about myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Bjorn? Yeah, I mean, as I said, uh, I'd probably be more detached and, and yeah. moving away. But all the other ones, but, you know. You relate to as well. I can relate to, but that yeah. was probably my my main uh, strategy. And what I realized now, like, um, and I think it's going both ways, but um, like by Brie, for example, coming out of her 
attachment style and and trying on something new, I actually really dig it. And I like and I, yeah. I think so to for each other. Like it's kind of weird, you know, because you have your attachment style because you think, you know, like the other person couldn't handle you right. if you weren't driving this style, right. no. Right. But then I realized, well, I actually really, I can hardly stand, you know, the, like being so dependent, you know, and then when, I, when the boundary comes, I'm like, yes, you know, like yeah. I, I really enjoy breeze stepping into. Stronger you know, boundaries. St- yeah, yeah, into more mm-hmm. who she is, you know, if she yeah. is not regulating herself, you know. Yeah. Big, big work. Yeah. Mm. Wow, it's so big. Like it's it's really big for for me to even realize when I'm going autopilot into well what does everybody need what does that's what I do what does everybody need yeah and I'm catching myself now and sometimes I almost miss <laughs> I'm like oh what there that I was need? again wait what, what do, do I need? need what do yeah. I need yeah that yeah. It, that has not been a question most of my life almost mm. ever wow chills do you, chills. do you, do you remember the time when it started to switch over? Uh, which way? Switch over into you you and your self-care. Um, coming more into yourself. Yeah. I mean, I remember the beginning of it was probably, it was becoming clear when I went to my first, my birthday circle. I went to circling in Boulder. Ah. Mm. And at my birthday circle, mm. I was the last one. I was in the last group and it was a very special circle and in that in that group the facilitator said so Brie what do you want and I'd watched all the other circles and they didn't do that in any of the other circles they just Mm. they would they would start with they had certain questions they would start with and I was like wait a minute that's not what you start this circle with you start with these other questions why are you asking me what I want he goes I want to know what do you want and I looked at him and I blinked my eyes like five times and I looked around the circle like can somebody help me out here what the hell is he saying <laughs> and then the woman sitting next to him said Bree, he's asking you what you want you're wasting valuable time we are all here to give you what you want tell us what you want it wow. can be and she ran down a list and I just started to cry wow I was like I don't know what I want I like I'm I was there thinking, what do, you, what do you want me to do? What do you need me? How do you need me to show up? I just started bawling. And then they're offering things. And I was like, okay, touch me. I want to lay down. I want to rub my... And then I got into wow. it. And it was, that was very profound shift. I mean, it, it didn't change then. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, it still really took another year and a half or two before I actually started to go, oh, I actually need to step into this for myself. Mm. But that was the a moment of awareness. Like, oh, wow. He asked me what I want. And I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Insane. Mm. It's crazy. So beautiful. That process of really coming into your your what is what do I want what do I need into your self yeah not for the other but for the self right right that right. yourself is so important yes. that you get to pay attention to it and honor all of those wants and all of those needs yes yeah yeah it's big yeah 
really big, sometimes scary, you yeah. know, like who's going to still love me if I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if I think about myself in the first place yeah. mm. or then if I have a need that exactly. somebody doesn't like, or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. right. If you, if you, and this is such a big theme with all of the women I work with, which is if I really prioritize myself and my needs what does that look like? But also exactly like, will I still be loved because I'm not, you know, always thinking about the other. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to really, to really value yourself in such a profound way that you're so much connecting in with your deep, deep self and then relating from that place And it's so, so powerful, but it's scary when for so long, well, A, what you were mirrored was not that growing up from your mom. Mm -hmm. And so it's really doing something really different. Right. And that's like, exactly. It's like the the toddler walking on new legs. And so, or like, yeah, just learning how to walk. And so it's like, you're in this vulnerable, tender, new, you know, two and a half years that you've been walking this path. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. really beautiful and powerful. Yeah. And then it sounds like Bjorn has been, there's parts of you that are really scared and and has it mostly, what is the reflection? Has, has it mostly been supported or? Mostly it's been very supported. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see that it's... Um what he wants from me too. <laughs> it's what right. he wants. <laughs> right. Right. Ironically, but ironically, ironically it is yeah. right. Yeah. He's, he, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually do want to know what you want. Yeah. Very yeah. supportive. Yeah. And, yeah. and I want to say as a man, it is very attractive to be with a woman who is self-possessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not obsessed, but self-possessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So speaking of, um, when, what would you say um, in terms of um, for the single women that are listening and the single men, what is the uh, number one trait? I'm going to ask each of you this question. What is the number one trait that you would recommend looking for in a partner? Oh, it might take me a minute. Yeah. No problem. Are we still tracking something? And since we are editing this, uh, I want to throw in somewhere for sure that this is a relationship that we have. Yeah. And relationships and relationships as a family with children are related to each other but not the same thing yeah so especially like with what yeah that's what Bree's going through you know like what do other people uh, want like if you have three children like we do that is part of your life, no? Like, it's exactly. not about how can we have the most fun here, but it's like somebody needs their diapers changed, somebody fell down the stairs, and somebody's hungry, you know? 
and this and you just scramble around and get everybody's needs met. No? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to have that as, uh, exactly. somewhere too. Uh, There's an actual reality. Which exactly. Is... Yeah. That goes beyond just uh, the two of us. Because yeah. I would say, like, if it's just the two of us, almost always, no, it might be like a, a little transition phase, but when it's really the two of us, we're so dialed in and we have such an amazing and beautiful time. Mm. Always, no? Like mm. I would say, that's my mm. my take. Very easy to just be with you. Mm. And the family, very, very beautiful. I'm so glad I have it. Mm -hmm. But that is like really like the, that's what's thrown in. Uh, yeah, the, the valuable yeah, the discomfort challenge. and challenge yeah, that, that yeah. really has us. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, have a lot of stuff come up yep. in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and obviously we, we wouldn't know any other way because we haven't right. been without children. Right, totally. Really Ever. Ever. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's. Well, be yeah, we, we met. We knew each other one month, and then we were nine months pregnant together. Yeah, that's oh, pretty you much. Oh, you got pregnant three months. We knew each other three, three months. months. That's right. Yeah. Within the first three, three months. months. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the way we're biologically created is to get pregnant within the first three months. That's oh, why the well, hormones, I just fit right in there. That's where the, oh. why the love hormones are like the strongest, mm. the love and sex hormones are mm. the strongest. Like, Or maybe it's the sex hormones more than the love. I can't remember, but it's one of those or both of them mm -hmm. because that's, yeah, the way we're biologically created. So. Yeah, and that That's was just right. us hanging intense. out, hanging yeah. out together without being together. Really, I think that's why I got confused now from the time that we decided we want to stay together. That took oh. us one month from there yeah, yeah. to get that's pregnant. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. before we would stay two months, we we're just like hanging yeah. out and just being yeah. like being really good friends. No? Mm -hmm. like really beautiful time together, reading to each other, mm -hmm. and then Bri had the vision that. Uh, Woke up from the dream and said, "Yo, oh, I just saw our daughter." Wow, like, oh, we hadn't kissed right. yet. We were, we're not even together, you know. Like we just you we're, hadn't kissed yet. Yeah, mm -mm. and this was a month in, and you had yeah, kissed just yet. about yeah. yeah. And I you saw a vision her, of. Yeah. I had a dream in the morning. I had a. Um, we were sleeping next to each other, but we hadn't kissed. You would read the mists of Avalon to me at night, and we'd be mm -hmm. nestled up in a like twin bunk bed <laughs> at a hostel. <laughs> where we were living and he agreed to me and in the morning Aww. we were just snuggling and I woke up said oh I had a dream um that we were standing near my parents cabin I was I was in two places I was standing holding a camera taking a picture of us and I was in the picture standing here on Bjorn's left side with a blonde-haired blue-eyed baby girl on my left hip and um yeah, hadn't kissed, and I just told him that dream. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and he just looked at me and like nodded his head and said, "Okay." Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I totally got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, how how long after that did it take for the first? That was trips? a very secure response. Just FYI, very secure very response. Secure He's got response. a lot of security. Time goes differently, you know, sure. when you're in that place. So I yeah. don't know. It seems like. Quite a while, but it could have been just a week or so. I don't know. Before the first kiss? Yeah. Oh, I would have said we probably kissed right away, but I don't mm. actually remember. So probably within 24 hours of that. I don't know. Like for a while, yeah.
Yeah, I can remember the first case where that's not the question right now. <laughs> but that was, we were actually stoned, which is kind of interesting, <laughs> in the common room. And you were just like way like over the edge. Uh -huh. And so I, I just called him. I could, uh, that's like the, the whatever, the geyser or whatever, uh, California water, you know, there's like mountains there. And it's like, here, Brie, this is the mountains and there's like the goats and you know, we go on we and were looking know, at the water water. And someone yes. got, a, got a back into the mountains and said, she's like, oh, cool. yeah, she Aww. just landed back in. And then somehow that led into us kissing. You know? And then he dipped me back when I, you know, like, he just like Whoa. lunged me back and planted a kiss Aww. on me. And it was so sweet. Yeah. That's so what you. <laughs> what? Speaking, so what you speaking of uh, <laughs> that just, kind of perfectly um, intertwined to a topic that I love to bring up, which is kind of how we, how do you keep and cultivate the hotness, the passion, the sex? Mm -hmm. How does that part of your relationship continue to evolve and grow over time? Do you feel like there's something that, that it just is natural or you guys do work to cultivate it or it's because of all of this you know transformational energy that you guys have in the relationship like what I would love to hear from each of you what is important hmm. there important <laughs> you're looking at me with a smile you're waiting for me to talk first no yeah I could say something but I thought yeah, you might want to say something first yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I think there's so many parts to it. Like part of it is natural. Like we, mm -hmm. I just think he's really, really sexy. So I look at him and most of the time, if I'm not totally triggered, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, whew, wow, he looks so good. So that, that is a piece of it. Now, then there are other parts, right? We have children and we have things going on and sometimes... Mm -hmm. That, that does not necessarily translate right into great right. sex, but um, yeah, but we, we, we do have really great sex. And I think something, I would say something that um, really changed for us, there were years that we did not have enough sex in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And, and we worked through that. We started, we went to see a counselor and all kinds of things started shifting then. Mm. Um, but I would say that at some point when we were in, Bali. Was it when we were in Bali? Yeah. We started talking, having different conversations than we had ever had before. Mm. And we just really started going deeper with each other, like really sharing. Like I shared some fantasies that I thought I would never in my lifetime speak out loud. Mm. And I shared some of those with him. And I think maybe he shared some of those with me. We started to deepen into um, really allowing ourselves to be fully seen or more fully seen. Mm. You know, that's probably a continuing process. Mm -hmm. And with that came real excitement and turn on. And mm -hmm. so since we've been through a few of these phases, it doesn't last for a super long time, but um, these phases where we just like, I can smell him from a mile away. I, I know when he's really close and my body will would have a flush of 
energy or tingles or or fluid or whatever it is you know just like whoosh yeah and and for a while i mean the first time was really i would say when we were in bali we were sleeping like three or four hours a night we were having sex three times four times five times a day Mm. every day for a month it probably lasted for a month until we got on a plane to bring him to india and i dropped him off there for two months so that might have also been a piece of it. Right. Like, wow. Some space. We're going to yeah. be separate from each yeah. other. And we were really starting to know each other at a different mm-hmm. depth. Um, and that, yeah, that doesn't seem totally sustainable, mm-hmm. like to just keep it going that way. But we have mm-hmm. moved into that space a few times. And um, for, for various reasons, like part of some at some point he was practicing some breath work and Mm -hmm. moving energy through the body, which was really amazing to watch Hmm. what was happening in him. And then also what was happening for me at different, at different points at the first time I was like, Oh my God, I'm freaking out. (laughs) He's like running after me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wait, I got to feed the kids. Hold on. (laughs) But the next time there was more space for both of us to be Mm -hmm. in that, you know, in that kind of, deepening sexuality i'm just gonna stop there i'm just gonna let you continue however you want to (laughs) yeah really powerful you can keep on talking about it um what is it for me yeah for me it's really it's interesting just now i'm thinking about yeah how i really enjoy like we we have like the chemistry because the resonance is right now we have like the resonance that we share is, you know, while it's sometimes off or, mm-hmm. you know, off alignment, it, mm-hmm. who we are, who we truly are is in such deep resonance no? mm-hmm. that it's, I don't think like I've ever had sex with you that wasn't like, like really what I wanted, no? Like, mm-hmm. and that also keeps me mostly like not, thinking about like, oh, I wish I had somebody else or so, but it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. there's like so many different aspects, mm-hmm. you know, that, that haven't even met yet, you know, like mm-hmm. already we've seen like so many and then there's it's so many more, you know, yeah. it just, it never ends. Yeah. And this is the cool. And yeah, I could go with somebody else and probably find s- some cool stuff too. It's mm-hmm. not like that's not possible, but mm-hmm. I haven't run into a place where this is not like all I want, all I need. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that I really and, and partially for me, it's also not only excitement about her but also excitement about me yeah which is really cool and that just came up for me you know because mm-hmm. partially partially why am i using partially <laughs> so, so many times that's interesting anyways uh, like in, in the days when Bree says in the early days when we just had off two kids and we we're just like scrambling around to somehow survive or so yeah we didn't have much sex and it's not like that i didn't find you attractive but also mm-hmm. like i don't like I didn't even see you, or, you know, like I, I kind of withdrew because it was way too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then there's no energy, you know, without energy, like sex is work, you know? Yeah. So, um, like when we started, like letting some air into it again and like letting the guards down, 
mm-hmm. the, the energy moved right back into the space. No. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, it was brief feeling more alive in in her experience but also me feeling more alive in my experience no yeah so and i'm like i'm in my body like wow fuck yeah yeah, i like this no Mm -hmm. like i like who i am you know Mm -hmm. and and seeing her when she likes who she is nothing to me is more attractive than that no yeah and it doesn't have to be a different person each time like it can really be the same person in in and their lifeness comes mm-hmm. about in so many different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a trillion stars or sparkles mm-hmm. or something. Wow. Huh? That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you both a question about that because there's so much aliveness between the two of you as you talk about this aspect of your relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious how you would both finish the sentence stem. This level of connection wouldn't be possible if. Mm-hmm. How, how would you say that sentence and finish it? This level of connection wouldn't be possible if I were not as present in my senses in my body as I am. Mm. That's one answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are probably more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just whatever the, mm-hmm. the most alive answer is, mm-hmm. you know, for others to hear. I mean, I, I think this is, this is probably it. Yeah, for me, the first mm-hmm. thing that came was like, if I didn't make myself available for it, mm. which is, I think, very related to being present with it. No? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, like coming from a place where I wouldn't make myself not available right. for stuff, you know, because out of fear that I get hurt. No? Like, yeah. Yeah. So that definitely makes it not possible. No? Mm-hmm. Like that was our experience. No? And I think another piece that we've talked about before is curiosity. Like just, yeah staying in curiosity or opening back up to curiosity yeah. when we you know when the lid goes down and we're like okay we're just bulldozing our way through the day yeah. to be because yeah. there's so much to get done yeah coming back to like oh hi i see you you're in front of me you? Mm. Yeah. yeah what is what is there about you right now that wasn't a minute ago or yesterday or ever before mm. so really Beautiful. that it's been a practice to not to to not assume that I know anything Mm-mm. about who he is. I don't succeed often. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming often, right. but That's sometimes so I'm remembering. Yeah. Oh, I can't, I don't want to assume that I know that he likes that thing or doesn't like that or will do this, you know, just yeah. right. Check in and, and feel, feel it out and ask. And that's really, that's been very powerful to, to be open for that because it can feel like a threat sometimes for me to not be able to expect something. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that, that what comes up for me sometimes in that is, Oh, I don't, I'm not sure if this is quite what I mean, but I don't matter. You said that thing and now it's different. It doesn't matter to you that you told me that you said that thing or, you know, there's some, there gets to be mm. some kind of, mix up for me so then I I feel a little bit unsafe and Mm. so curiosity can be a little wobbly too Mm -hmm. because I kind of like to be able to know some things right totally but it's good to to learn how to not know 
Yeah. And that is the practice, mm-hmm. big practice we've been in. How can we be in the unknown? It's yeah. when we met. It's when we it's a huge moved our family. Practice. Yeah. Huge. yeah. I just want to highlight every something, which is, um, you know, what we kind of just really deepened into for a while was the sense of aliveness that comes when one is really in touch with their feelings, with their sensations, with their own internal pleasure with their connection with their own energy. And, you know, so much of the work that I do is to help people really heal these old wounds from the past, which in my opinion, actually allows you exactly to open up like what, what Bjorn is talking about, like his ability to open up is because of the healing that he did right in relationship. And so when we, you know, whatever attachment style you are, whether you're anxious, whether you're avoidant, whether you're disorganized, whether you're more secure, um, it can really cause, you know, whether it's shut down or whether it's, you know, lack of presence because there's so much anxiety in the system, right? when we do this healing work, it allows more presence, more aliveness, more sensuality, more connection with our own sensations, our own emotions, which allows a fuller sense of self, which allows more intimacy between the two other, the two people, the two sovereign senses of self. So I love that we're touching upon that because then exactly what is sex, it's the union, it's the chemistry of these two different energies coming together. But if they become two the same, which is when two couples merge, right? When when two people merge in relationship, there's too much sameness and then there's not enough chemistry and not enough connection actually, right? And so it's that beautiful space in between that creates that aliveness between the two people. And when we really hold on to our senses of self in relationship, which is, again, if you're more anxious, it can be hard to hold on to your sense of self in relationship because there's the overgiving, the loss of boundaries, all of these things, then that's when the merging happens. And so just, just kind of wanted to speak to, yeah, that, that beautiful aliveness that comes from the revealing, from you guys revealing these fantasies inside of you that is this step, this, this distinctness, this differentness and getting to know each other in all of these new ways, because exactly you're not the same person. We all wake up different every single day mm-hmm. and to not assume that your partner's not, is going to be the same, but to allow them to keep growing and evolving and, and having new, you know, experiences in their life, which then they can share with you and you know, vice versa and, or new, you know, studies or whatever it is, new jewelry, you know, Brie is cultivating her own jewelry, which is so exciting to see like this beautiful art form that you're, you know, really diving into. Mm, thank you. Yeah. I would just add to that in essence to say, I totally know you mm-hmm. to a partner Mm. is sometimes the beginning of the end of the relationship. Mm. And mm. it's it's really in being in the constant mm. discovery and curiosity mm-hmm. of of the layers and dimensions of your partner that keeps it ever evolving. Yeah. I totally know you almost equals I have expectations of you. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of the same. Yeah. And there's nothing new to discover. And there's nothing new or exciting to discover yeah. right now. Boo. And can it, and can we, you know, I would say it's the both and, right? I know you, right? Like mm-hmm. your essence is your essence. So I know you and yes. I continually am getting to know you. Like the both and yeah. to me would feel oh, yeah. more true, right? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I just want to say, like, that is something that can, that, that turns me off big time to be held accountable. Mm. I love, I love to be unreasonable and unpredictable. Right. Like, I love that about myself. Right. And like, I, I do that to myself. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, like, this is, this just changed. Wow, cool. Where did yeah. that come from? And to be held and to, like, no, but yesterday you said that. It's right. Like, oh. Like it's something dies in me, a little child that wants to play and just yeah. like, not like what, five minutes ago I was this, but now I'm mad. You yeah. know, like I just, like it just changed. Did you not see that? Or yeah. yes, this yeah. is. Uh, the changing, yeah. the ever changing. Yeah. Love that. Nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Unreasonable. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so this has just been so, so juicy and so rich. Thank you both so much for, for uh, joining us today on this podcast. And, um, yeah, we really, really uh, just, I always learn so much and um, just such an honor to get to know each of you in this deeper way. And, and to be able to ask these questions. I've been burning to <laughs> burning to ask these questions since I met you in Maui three and a half months ago. Um, so mm-hmm. it feels really, really powerful to, yeah, to be able to do this. So, and thank you so much, Garrison, mm. for uh, co-interviewing with mm-hmm. me for the first time on yeah. this podcast. That was fun. Yeah. yeah and great thank to be here with you too. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for listening to Rewire Your Attachment Style. This is Maya Diamond to receive your two free gifts to help you on your journey to lasting love and to start rewiring your attachment style today. Go to empowerlove.us forward slash love.